Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On v It is hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. We've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as I've got some college basketball plays for you guys here in segment number one. And if you missed my DK Nation pick from what I gave out last hour, I will recap that in the final segment. We're also going to be in the final segment giving you guys everything that I like for Monday Night Football. We'll see what Megan Payton likes in terms of Monday Night Football as well. She does a great job over there at Wager Talk. She's going to be joining me in about 15 minutes. We're going to recap what we all saw in week number 13, take a look at Monday Night Football, and try to get a few look at in terms of what we're going to be seeing in terms of week 14 as well. So we're covering all the bases. We're going with some nice college basketball action, and we're giving you guys everything in football. And I do realize that there is a prop that I do like that I didn't give out an hour number one. So if you missed it the first time around in terms of my Monday Night Football play, or my Monday Night Football shall we say, evaluation, because we've got a few picks for that. I'll have no fear because you're going to be getting a bonus one. But let's take a look at the board in terms of college basketball for Monday. Only two games I haven't broken down yet. It's a very light board of just seven games. But that said, I do think that you've got some value with this one. 857, 858 on the board. It is North Dakota State. They're on the road. They're facing off against Portland. The Pilots are open to glide into a cover as between 15.5 and 16-point favorites and Dallas game is anywhere between 153 and 154.5. And, and with Portland, I did make them a favorite more around 11.5 points. 
with Portland. I do like what I've been seeing out of them thus far this season, but I do think that they're going to have a tough time matching up with the size. There you go. We got out of North Dakota State. North Dakota State has seen a lot of turnover in the backcourt. They have been one of your lesser teams in terms of three-point shooting in all of college basketball, but you do have a pair of guys that, though they don't shoot it really well from three-point range, they are capable guys of being able to shoot from three, and they both stand six foot ten. That'd be Andrew Morgan and Grant Nelson. It's a pair of guys that will give you about a combined 26 points per game. They're able to combine for about 14 rebounds per contest as well. That is incredibly impactful. Now, we haven't seen Grant Nelson deal with a little bit of an injury. That has been a bit of a damper for the team. I'm thinking that he should be good to go, but you do want to be checking in on his status because that is big for this North Dakota State team because they just don't really have a lot in terms of this backcourt. You've had Jarvis Miller be able to come in, be able to give the team 10 points, right around two assists per contest, and then Bowden Skunberg has been really the main guy in terms of facilitation, two and a half assists per game, 11 points per contest. Overall, it's a North Dakota State team that shooting about 30% from three-point range. They rank at the bottom 75 nationally, so they are going to need to kick it up a little bit more on that front. I do think that North Dakota State is going to get back to basics. This North Dakota State team traditionally is a bottom half team in the country in terms of total possessions per game. They've really been in the top 75 with that aspect this season, and I do think that a lot of it has to do with the competition that they've played. They played against Arkansas. They played against Kansas. They had to play against Northern Colorado, New Mexico. All these teams are very, very much up-tempo. Eastern Washington is still a very fast team. Indiana State, they're a team that's looking to run in a gun. Pacific is looking to play very fast. So I don't think that seeing North Dakota State as a top 60 team in terms of possessions per game is truly what they are. And they're going up against a Portland bunch that they've actually done a really good job of mixing and matching in terms of their history in terms of injuries because Chris Austin, he was a starter for them last season. He has not played at all this season. They've been without Mike Meadows for the last six or seven games. A guy that has been able to deliver for the team right around 11 points, four and a half boards, three and a half assists when he's been out there. But big reason why the versatility of Tyler Robertson and Moses Wood. Wood is a six foot eight, little bit of a stretch forward. He's able to give you 13 and a half points, six and a half boards, has buried nearly 40% of his threes. And then Robertson, six foot six point forward. Six assists, five and a half rebounds, 16 points per game. These guys have been able to do a solid job. Now, the one thing that Portland really doesn't do is generate a lot of turnovers. This is a North Dakota State team that has had a tough time taking care of the ball. They're turning the ball over right around 14 times per game. But Portland, they have a little bit of a tough time holding on to the ball as well. But with that said, with Portland, what you do like about them is that last year they were a top 10 team in the country in terms of free throw shooting percentage. This year, they're in the top 20 terms of free throw shooting percentage as well. You've had a lot of guys be able to step up with their issues as you've been seeing Alden Applewhite, someone who stays right around 6'5", six 6'6". Six six. He's been able to give the team about 8 points per game. Leave something to be desired in terms of 3-point shooting, but Christian Sojlin, who began his career at Georgia Tech, 12 points per game, bearing 43.5% of his threes as well. So a little bit of a steep task here for North Dakota State, but I think that they're going to be able to hold in there. I do think that North Dakota State have been the deficitiaries, for lack of a better term, because you've got beneficiaries, and well, in this case, you've got a deficitiary of their very early schedule. I think that they're going to look to play things a little bit more under control. The one thing that North Dakota State has for them going in this game is size. If they look to push the tempo, if they look to play super-duper fast, they completely throw that down the toilet bowl, and I don't think that they're going to do that. So as a result, I did set my total at 145 and a half. I'm going to be looking at the under. I did set Portland as more around an 11.5 point favorite, so going to be taking a look at the points. This is the last game that I have yet to break down in terms of this Monday college basketball card, and it's at the bottom of it. 306-599. 306 
600. It is Kennesaw State. We give our ode to Lane Kiffin. Go Owls as they are on the road facing off against Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern opened up as a three and a half point underdog. Now they're between a four and a five point dog. And your talent's game is 139 and a half. I said Kennesaw State on my line as a five point favorite. You're seeing them a little bit earlier, actually as low as a three and a half point favorite. And I thought you had some good value there. If you're able to get past this number of five, that is my buy point on Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern has actually done a really good job of taking care of the ball. This is a team that they have really struggled in the past few seasons, to say the least. I still go back to two seasons ago. They went 3-18, and 18, and one of those wins was against a non-D1 school. They were relying completely upon Flandarius Fleming, and they had absolutely nothing else. And when, they, when he left, they were just completely devastated. Now they've got a nice crop of players that is able to take them to the next level. That would be a pair of sophomores in Tajay Kelly and Claudel Harris Jr. Harris Jr. is Mr. Dudal for this team. 17.5 points, 4 boards, 2.5 assists per game for a team that's turning the ball over 10.5 times per game. That ranks in the top 25 nationally in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-game basis per possession. They're very similar as well now. But this team needs to do a little bit of a better job of his knocking down threes. They rank at the bottom 100 nationally in terms of 3-point shooting percentage. Harris... He's shooting about 29% from three-point range to Tajay Kelly. He's not a guy that's really going to shoot threes at all, but he's the main rebounder. As a matter of fact, the only guy on the team giving you more than five rebounds per game, 11 points, seven boards. He's been able to do a good job of sharing things up down low. And the guy that it really falls upon to be able to elevate the three-point shooting, that'd be Talit Chavez. Eight and a half points, began his career at Iona. has been only able to shoot about 30% from three-point range, though. And Charleston Southern, for as much as their offense as we'll take some strides forward. Defense is still leaving a little bit of something to be desired as they are 349th nationally. In terms of points allowed on a per possession basis now. They do go up against the Kennesaw State team that they rank right around 262nd as well. But these are a pair of teams that they are not really going to be looking to force the issue and are really not looking to get too far outside of themselves. Charleston Southern, they rank in terms of total possessions per game right in that neighborhood about 300th, maybe a little bit better than that, but they are not a team that's looking to push that tempo at Kennesaw State. They're more around 220th, 225th, but with Kennesaw State, much like you've got with this Charleston Southern team, a team that has been able to bring back a few guys and they've been able to reload, you've got that with Kennesaw State as well. Kennesaw State has a good point guard in Terrell Burden, who's been able to do a good job giving out right around three and a half, four assists per game, has been able to shoot about 50% from three-point range. We're going to see that go downward and Kennesaw State overall they're shooting 39.5% from three. This is an above-average three-point shooting team. This is a little bit of an outlier, and that's illustrated by the fact that they also shoot 63% of the free throw, and that's one of the worst numbers in all of college basketball. Chris Youngblood, he's able to be that one good go-to scorer. He and Burden are combining for three seals per contest, 15 points per game, shooting 42.5% from three-point range, and we've seen Kennesaw State be able to rise up against a little bit of better competition as well. Now, the game that they had against Florida, it got a little bit harebrained, but, I mean, they lose by 10 on the road against Florida. That's an acceptable loss. They go on the road. They knock off a good Appalachian State team. They hold in there by three, losing by three on the road against VCU. I've actually really liked what I've seen out of Kennesaw State, but I also do think that this is a Charleston Southern team that is much improved as well. So I did set my total here at a 139. I do expect a little bit of late game falling, but at 139.5 or more, and I would not be surprised if this number goes little bit upward when we get the steam moves in the AM and a lot of places they don't put, put up the extra games until the AM like where 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 I sit right now here at Circa 
Typically, they're going to be putting up these numbers right around, I would say, 5 a.m. Pacific time, somewhere in that nature. So I am expecting this number to go a little bit upward, but at the 139.5, I'm willing to go under end. When it comes to Kennesaw State, I'm willing to lay up to 4.5 with them. 5 is where I'm really out on this team. So we're going to be taking a look to see where this moves in the a.m. because, like I said, Kennesaw State opened up as a 3.5-point favorite, and you had some relatively good value there. And I also do think that there's an additional prop for Monday Night Football that has a little bit of value as well. You may recall, and I'll go into a little bit more of a deep dive in the final segment as to what I do like in terms of Monday Night Football, but that said, I am going to be on the Saints getting three and a half points, and I am also going to be on the total under, but I do take a look at Tom Brady, and not only do I like him to throw an interception in this game, but another prop that I do like for this game is him under one and a half touchdowns. Just has been a Rough run, to say the least, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I feel like Byron Leftwich just has not done a very good job with this offense. I laid this out a little bit earlier, and I think it's worth repeating. It just feels like every single time the Buccaneers are in a first down situation, they run it no matter what, and then they go directly to the air, no matter how that play went went about. And that just leads to the team being incredibly predictable. And it's a Buccaneers bunch that... They've really been struggling in terms of injuries, in terms of getting guys online, and it feels like it's becoming an AARP club at this point with how many guys that you've got that are very long in the tooth, how many guys are just very fragile, getting injured. So I do like Tom Brady under a touchdown and a half in terms of passing touchdowns, and I also do like him to throw an interception in this game. We'll be hitting upon more of those props in the final segment, and we will see if Megan Payton, who does great work at Wager Talk, as anything in terms of Monday Night Football as well as we take a look at that and we recap all that we saw from Week 13 in the NFL next. Here on the Greg Peterson Experience, I'm Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, bro. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zinnigate Pouches, which is the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but Zinn nicotine pouches might surprise you because Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or find a store that is nearest you as at Zinn.com. ZYN.com today for all that. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Visa, the Sports Banking Network. Great to be joined by Megan Payton. She does absolutely terrific work over at Wager Talk. And Megan, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Greg, thank you for having me on. Uh, I know I didn't get to see you last Sunday, but I hope you had a great week. I was saying this to you off camera, but I swear, I don't think you sleep because every time <laughs> I check Twitter, Greg's got something that he's sharing with the world, but I know everyone, including myself, we appreciate everything you do. I appreciate you, and I appreciate that nice new background as well. That looks hey. very, very nice. So we got thank, a... you, thank you. This is a new, as of today, I was hanging up the shelves today, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, I am glad that you got to debut it right here. And, well, the Colts were hoping to debut a little bit of a new look on Sunday Night Football. And for three quarters, it wasn't looking too bad. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit off air. I mean, you'll find teams that they fade away in the fourth quarter. Games are close. And then it's like, you know what? The final score wasn't indicative of how close it was for like three-fourths of the game or something like that. But... I mean, what did you see in that fourth quarter of that Colts versus Cowboys game? Because I can't remember a team ever getting outscored 33 to nothing in a quarter of football. Look, Greg, I thought the Colts were maybe going to come back and win this thing at one point in the second half. But in the third quarter, I was like, Indy's looking good right now. And then the fourth quarter completely changed. You cannot turn the ball over five times. The turnover ratio for the Colts and Cowboys, that determines games. Cowboys, actually, this is the third time this season that they've created at least two or more turnovers in a game. So credit to Dallas. We know that they're the better team. They were expected to win. I had Colts plus 10 and a half. I expected Dallas to win, but 
thought Colts could cover. It looked like they could. Fourth quarter was an absolute mess. You can't give up that many points, and you definitely cannot turn the ball over that many times. Yeah, no question about it. That was a big takeaway of mine just because it's like, man, the Indianapolis Colts and the Cowboys, this is going to be another one in which the underdog of double figures is going to be able to hang within the number. Maybe they don't win it outright, but you know what? Good effort until, well, things went straight down the toilet bowl. But obviously it was a very rambunctious day, including quarterbacks going down. And I want to first get your thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens because they win the game against the Buccaneers. But this was the first time all season in which they didn't hold a lead of at least nine points at some point during the game. And I do think that while you do have the downgrade with Hundley, at the very least, he's a guy with experience. He made a few starts last season. And I don't know if the Ravens are as doomed as a lot of people want you to believe because I do think that Hundley is actually a capable quarterback and isn't completely like far off the map. Certainly not as athletic as Lamar Jackson, but he's a guy that's able to do quite a few things. Yeah, Huntley's one of the better backups in this league. We saw Huntley have to come in big last season, and he's not a bad quarterback. He's a player that you can rely on this preseason. If anyone remembers when Lamar was in that contract, you know, negotiation that never ended up happening, there were a little bit of, I wouldn't say talks about him ever taking Lamar Jackson's job, but there was a little bit of excitement out of Huntley's what uh, ability of what he could do on the field. And look, luckily for Baltimore, it's looking like Lamar Jackson's knee injury isn't going to be anything super significant. Uh, head coach John Harbaugh said that we're looking at days to weeks. I know that's kind of a big range, but it's not a season-ending injury like we did see today, unfortunately, for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sure you've got some great takes on Jimmy G and what that means for the Niners, but I do think that the Ravens are going to be fine, and they are a better team with Lamar Jackson. In the meantime, though, Huntley should do fine for them. Yeah, and we'll dive into the 49ers. So question in a few minutes, but I do think what is interesting is just taking a look at the playoff picture in the AFC, because I do think that whoever doesn't get the division out of the Ravens and the Bengals, they're certainly going to be able to make it as a wild card, especially with the Jets not being able to get the job done against the Minnesota Vikings. But in terms of that division, I do think that's so fascinating because the Rave, or I should say the Bengals, they're really picking up some steam massive win against the Kansas City Chiefs and a statement win, in my opinion, but certainly a case where the Bengals, they've got a very tough schedule to be able to earn that division. Big win for the Bengals against the Chiefs. You talk about certain teams that, you know, they struggle against different opponents. The Chiefs kryptonite, we'll call it, the Cincinnati Bengals. The exact same score for the Bengals-Chiefs game tonight as it was during the AFC Championship last season. Bengals come up with the win then. Bengals come up with the win now. And now this is why big playoff implications, what this means, December playoff, December regular season games impact playoff games. The Chiefs are now not the number one seed. We're seeing the Bills at the number one seed. If the playoffs were today, the Bengals would still be that fifth wild card spot to the Ravens would win the AFC North. But these are two teams that we're seeing battle it out right now. Baltimore, Cincinnati. I expect both of these teams to be in the playoffs. And since he's just trending upwards for me, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase back out there, get Joe Mixon back in when he's healthy too. This is a complete football team. They're looking real good. And I like the Bengals to win this AFC North. Yep. I do agree with you. Even if it's only like a week or two that Lamar Jackson is out, I do think that that's significant. And the Bengals, even though they've got the tougher schedule, they're just playing the better football right now. And they've been more consistent ever since week three, week four of the start of the season. And as promised, we've got to get to the 49ers as well, because I think that it's just such a startling stat 
I believe that it was NFL Network that had this. Since the start of the 2017 season under Kyle Shannon, the 49ers, when Jimmy G is the starting quarterback, is 38-17. and 17. All others have went 9-29. and 29. Now, obviously, this isn't with as many weapons as the San Francisco 49ers have right now. And some of the guys have come in, like C.J. Beathard and company. No offense to Mr. C.J. Beathard, but... Not necessarily guys that you want to be building your franchise around, but what do you make out of this Jimmy G injury? Because there's so many people that they want to come out and say, oh, Jimmy G is, doesn't have the world's biggest arm. He's not necessarily a top five elite quarterback that you want to pay $50 million to, but the guy wins games. And I do think that that is of significant though. At the same time, obviously this is a loaded 49ers team around him. Yeah, I've been a huge Jimmy G fan. He has one of the better passer ratings in the league this year. He's a good quarterback. He might not be the most elite, fun-to-watch, Patrick Mahomes-style guy, but this is a loss for the 49ers. Is it a big enough loss to really impact their playoff hopes or their Super Bowl hopes? I don't think so. Just because of what the Niners are doing offensively and defensively, they are not relying on an elite quarterback. They don't have to. When you go and acquire running back Christian McCaffrey, when you've got a great um, tight end, when you've got a fantastic fullback and you've got Debo Samuel, you just have so many different weapons. And then you've got probably the best defense in the league right now. Give it up for Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of the draft. He's coming in, and you know what? Credit to him. He didn't do bad out there. He was 25 of 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. All he has to do is not mess it up. You know, we don't need to see a ton of huge deep ball threats coming from Purdy. If he can just keep this offense simple, rely on your other weapons, then hope your defense can come through. I think the Niners still are looking really good when we look at the NFC as a whole. Yep, and taking a look at that game as well, I was a little bit... Put off by the way that Tua played that game because you had the massive touchdown at the beginning of it. But Pat said it wasn't necessarily the world's greatest performance. And I know that there's been made a, there's been quite a bit made of Tua not necessarily playing against the world's greatest competition on defense, what have you. Where do you stand on Tua? Because I do think that perhaps he was getting a little bit lucky with the scheduling towards being part of the season. And I think that would be very unfair to be completely out of on him after going up against, let's call it what it is, one of the best defenses in all of football and a team that is firing all cylinders, but certainly not the best performances from the Dolphins as a whole on Sunday. This was one of the worst performances we saw of Tua, at least this season. And hey, it's not to discredit anything that he's done this year because Tua is a player that really stepped up. I, I still think that he's going to be maybe in that MVP candidate talk and the Dolphins are doing well, but everyone has a bad day and they are going up against the best defense in the league in the San Francisco 49ers. We have to also remember, Greg, there's a lot of pressure that comes along. Do you know how many times we would hear in the media, Tua, he's undefeated when he plays in a whole entire game. What is he doing? He should be an MVP. That's a lot to handle. And he's going to not have every, every game's not going to be perfect. And when you're going up against a Niners defense, that's really stopping everyone. It's going to happen. I don't, I don't want to put too much on Tua. I think he's going to be able to come back and continue to do well. And well, we've got about 30 seconds on the Titans as well. What did you make out of them just getting bludgeoned by the Philadelphia Eagles? Because I felt like they were very undervalued coming into the season, but I mean, with them having all the seam come in on them, I felt like it was a little bit too much in this circumstance. When Ryan Tannehill, your quarterback, 
has more rushing yards than your yeah. star running back, that's a problem. And I think what Tannehill had 34 rushing yards. You've got to let Derrick Henry shine. You've got to find ways for him to get through gaps. This is your start. This is your offense. Guess what? You got rid of AJ Brown. Figure out, figure out Derrick Henry. They really missed AJ Brown playing against him. Oh, I am right there with you. And with the Eagles, they got off to that very nice lead as well. And coming up next, you got to take a look at some Monday Night Football with Megan Payton of Wager Talk right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Esports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Cyber Monday deal has been extended. Sign up to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber and you'll get daily recaps of top plays made by VEASAN shows and guests, tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every single game, deep dives, including daily betting reports and our upcoming college bowl and Super Bowl guides. The VEASAN new, new Pro annual subscribers are also getting a $30 credit to the VEASAN store. The VEASAN store is a great place to shop for VEASAN sports betting, hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up because this is a limited Cyber Monday deal that is not going to be lasted long because it has been a little bit extended. So sign up for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vsun.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsun, the sports betting network. Great to be rejoined by Megan Payton. Does great work over at Wager Talk. And Megan, we've got ourselves an interesting matchup to say the least. It is the Bucks. It is the Saints. You're finding the Buccaneers. Anywhere between a three to a three and a half point favorite, shop around accordingly based on what side you like. And totals ranging anywhere between 41 to 41 and a half. We're seeing a couple straight 40 and a half. Those have all dried up. Where do you stand in terms of this game? Because I know that you've always got a few props. I know that you do a great job taking a look at the game itself, but feels like such an interesting matchup in which somehow, some way, despite both of these teams being below 500, has massive playoff implications. <laughs> We were just saying this. It's crazy how the Bucks and the Saints, if we were to talk about them during the offseason, I don't think anyone could predict that these two teams would both be under 500 as we're entering week 13. It's upsetting because you want Tom Brady to do well. As Just as an NFL fan, you hate to see this slump from him and this Bucks offense. And you hate to look at the Saints, who've historically done well against the Bucks, especially last year with Brady in. And right now, it's just not feeling good for either team. I'm kind of shying away from uh, sides here. I'm looking more towards the under. I got it at 40 and a half. And now you're, like you said, you're seeing it more at 41 and a half, 42 even. I'm still going with the under. These two offenses aren't really showing me much. The Saints got shut out last week to the Niners. And the Bucks right now, the connection isn't great. That's why one player prop that I'm going to look at this week is Brady under 273 passing yards. He has not had over 273 passing yards in the last two weeks. The connection with him and Mike Evans, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't look like we're used to seeing. And the last time that Brady played the Saints, he had 190 passing yards. That was in week two of this season. This is going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be one of those Monday night football games that everyone's on Twitter saying, oh, is it over yet? Why is this the game that we're looking at? But unfortunately, these two offenses aren't doing well, not to mention, by the way, the Saints are seventh in pass defense. So if there is any time to take Brady on his under-passing yards, it's going to be up against the Saints team that has done well in the past shutting down Brady in this Bucks. 
Yep, I do not hate that at all. As a matter of fact, I have won Tom Brady under one and a half touchdowns as well. So I am in complete agreement with you. Different bets, but sort of taking a look at things through a very similar lens. And I think it's also going to be very interesting because something else that we were both taking a look at is perhaps the Bucks being able to establish a run a little bit more. Leonard Fournette is questionable for this game. And Rashad White, you're not able to find his player props right now, but... I would actually like it over even more if Leonard Fournette plays because you've gotten a big giant nothing burger out of Fournette. If that shades down Rashad White, especially if you're able to get under like 60, 65 yards or something like that, I like the way that he's been able to come on here in the last few weeks. I completely agree. And I'll say this too. Leonard Fournette playing would make me even want to back up the Brady under passing yards even more because I think that the Bucks will probably be able to get a little bit of a run game going on. I like it with Rashad White. He's been that key running back. No one saw that coming earlier in the season. But that's where the Bucks stand right now. And the Saints aren't going to be able to do too much on offense either. There's a lot of questionable players. There's going to be a lot of game time decisions. So the player prop market right now, it's not great. The Saints, we don't know if they're going to be with uh, Mark Ingram. He's dealing with a foot injury. So Alvin Kamara is probably going to have to take a majority of the carries. And he's probably going to be one of the leading receivers. Uh, tight end Juwan Johnson, he's out this week too. So if there was any hope for the Saints offense, they were going to need a little bit more offensive weapons back for this game. I'm still thinking it's going to be a slow, a slow, slow game. Take the running game. I like Rashad White over. And you mentioned that as well, because something else I was looking at was Alvin Kamara over his rushing prop. I'm seeing it at 48 and a half. I recognize that he's been making quite a bit of an impact in terms of the pass game as well. But as we know, when Andy Dalton's your quarterback, you're going to need to run the ball at some point to be able to take the pressure off of him. I like that over. I'm not sure if you agree slash disagree because we've seen Taysom Hill get a little bit of run as well. But I do think that Kamara is going to have a big imprint on this game as well. He's going to need to. If the Saints want to win this game, it's going to be through Alvin Kamara. And he struggled a bit. Last week wasn't great. He fumbled the ball twice. They're dealing with just some inconsistency right now on offense. And it seems like something that they can work through and they can get better. Alvin Kamara is, I've said this before, the heart of this New Orleans offense right now. So if he has a good game, he's going to be able to lead the Saints to a win. And they've done so in the past. So I actually do like 48 and a half rushing yards. I was trying to find his receiving rushing yards combined with Alvin. That's typically a number that I'd look at more. But because of all the questionable receivers for the Saints, we're not seeing that line out yet. But that's something that I'm going to I probably tomorrow. Well, I'm seeing one right now at DraftKings that I'm seeing 82 and a half, which seems Ooh. really low. <laughs> that's a good number. That's a good number. I'm that's a great number, Greg. 82 and a half receiving and rushing yards combined for Alvin Kamara. I like that. And the reason we're seeing that low that low would be my guess would be just because of the mistakes that we've seen from Kamara the last couple of weeks, which are unlike him. If I know one thing about Kamara, he's back in that office last week and he's getting his head in the notebook. He's ready to go. And I think that he's going to have definitely over 82 and a half receiving and rushing yards combined. That's a great one to lock in right now. Yep. And with the Saints being really breath of a lot of, shall we say, skill players right now, they're going to need Alvin Kamara to step up and they are going to look to be backing him once again. So I am in total agreement there. And something else that I find to be so interesting is that I was just mentioning it. We've got big playoff implications with this game, and it's just so strange because I always, I'm a little bit more of a college basketball guy. I consider this to be like the 16 seed of the NFL playoffs at this point, just because I mean, neither of these teams should be getting here. If it wasn't for the fact that a division title is online, neither of these teams would even be sniffing the playoffs right now. But whoever is able to win this division, whether it be the Bucks, whether it be the Saints, 
Heck, the Falcons are still alive. If you really go on a burner, the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> for as much as they've had a fire sale, sadly, they're like two games out of the division right now. Whoever wins this division, they host a playoff game. And we've seen a lot of teams get in at like back in the day, eight and eight, seven and nine. You're able to go down the list. These teams have had success in the past of being able to win a playoff game or two. This is the negative part of having the playoff system set up the way it is. There's good things that come along with it. And this is one of the quote unquote negative things. We were saying this before the Dallas Cowboys right now, if the playoffs were today, they'd be doing a road game in Tampa going against a Bucks team that, by the way, is one of their three losses. Playoffs on the road are not ideal. So it does kind of feel, you know, it doesn't feel great when you look at a team like the Cowboys who only have three losses right now, and yet they could go on the road and play a team that has four less wins than them. I, I don't love it, but that's the way the rules are set up. We're not, you know, we're not running the league. And unfortunately, someone's got to win the NFC South, whether it's the Saints or the Bucks. They're going to be hosting a wildcard team, and chances are they're going to be hosting a wildcard team that has probably at least 13 wins, which is absolutely nuts. Look at this Eagles-Cowboys just uh, playoff implications. It's, it's kind of crazy to look at because both the Cowboys and the Eagles do have relatively easy schedules coming up. The Cowboys are going to take on the Texans at home next week, so <laughs> I think we can automatically call that a win. Then they're going to go to Jacksonville, play the Jaguars. We saw how Jacksonville did today. It's not looking good for them. Then they'll play the Eagles in Philly. That's going to be hard. They lost to the Eagles at home. Now they're going to go in Philly. That's going to be a tough one. Then they'll play at Titans, at Commanders. The Eagles, I don't see them giving up that first seed. They've got the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys, then the Saints. Then they'll end with the Giants. It's going to be Cowboys, and it's probably going to be Cowboys on the road taking on the Bucks. In Tampa. That's the way the NFL works. Love it or hate it, that's how it's set up. Or if the Saints are able to pull off this game because the Saints have a good track record against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well, that would be very interesting because if the Saints are able to host a playoff game, as we know, that New Orleans Superdome, it is going to be rocking. They've got some of the best fans in the NFL. So we are going to be seeing yeah. there. Let's just hope that their quarterback doesn't get struck by lightning or anything like that because that would be very unfortunate. <laughs> Oh man. No comment. <laughs> that was that was just hilarious just watching that over the weekend. So, we've got no shortage of entertainment with regards to Monday Night Football. I know that you're going to be getting to work taking a look at these week 14 NFL games. Megan, you do such a superb job taking a look at the game of football. Always do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Greg. I, this is my favorite part of Sunday, knowing I get to come on here and and recap the games. Um keep doing great work. I appreciate you having me on. And Megan, one of the best out there. Always great to be able to get her aboard. And she's always done a great job with these props as well. So it is always great to get her insights. And always nice knowing that even though my bet is a little bit different than hers with regards to Tom Brady, we're sort of on the same page there. Just different ways of betting what we think is going to be happening. And I will be going through that in the final segment. We've got some props. I've got a side and total in terms of Monday Night Football. And it's a little bit of a shorter college basketball card. But I've got my DK Nation right up involving a team that is going to be on the road catching double figures. That comes up next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Calling all soccer fans, lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. With the World Cup now in full swing, now is the perfect time to check out Bet Rivers because when you log into Bet Rivers every single match day, you are able to get a $10 free bet when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has the latest odds, lines, and boosts to be able to create a perfect match day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. It is the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to get Megan Payne aboard. She does amazing work over there at Wager Talk. 
We got her thoughts on Monday Night Football, and I'm in line with a lot of her props. I'll be diving into that in a few minutes. We're going to lead off with some college basketball, and then we're going to end with what I like in terms of Monday Night Football. I'm going to start out with the DK Nation pick as on the hardwood as we go to the great state of Washington. That's where we find Gonzaga. They are going to be taking on Kent State. This is on the betting board, 853-854. Gonzaga, a 15.5-point favorite at most books where I sit at Circa. It's really the lone 15 that I'm seeing. And we're between 153 and a half and 154 is your total. And in terms of this total, I did set my total right at 153 and a half. So 154 is starting to be my buy point on the under. I am personally letting this line sort of marinate a little bit. We're going to see if this gets up to more like 155, 156 based on the reputation of Gonzaga. If this craters a little bit down to like 152 or so, I'd be willing to take a look at the over end. It did open up at 152, so we have seen it go up just a hair, and I anticipate that to be the case moving forward. So looking at 154 or higher to the under, but my DK Nation right up here is going to be on the points with Kent State. Gonzaga, I don't think is as bad as their record indicates right now. They've lost to some good teams. You lose to a team like Baylor, that is understandable. You can't have the meltdown that you did, but I mean, certainly when you're playing Baylor to one possession, it's not like you're some sort of a terrible team that's on par with, oh, say Louisville or anything like that. But that said, this is not a typical Gonzaga team as Gonzaga over the last six seasons has ranked in the top eight in terms of points scored on a per possession basis on offense. They're right now ranking 55th and the main Achilles heel with this team is in the backcourt. You've got someone like a Nolan Hickman who's been able to do a okay job of being able to dole out right around four assists or so, but you saw him in the back half of that Baylor game, just not good decision-making. And if you like me back Gonzaga in that game, Got to feel very, very salty about that shot that he took with like 90 or so seconds remaining that, in my opinion, ultimately costed them the game. That was bad decision-making. And with Gonzaga, it's just a lot of bad decision-making. 14.9 turnovers per game. And now they have to go up against a Kent State team that they rank sixth in all of college basketball in terms of percentage of defensive possessions that end in a turnover 26.6% to be exact. That is, well very, very stifling. And with this Kent State team, they've already got experience going on the road playing against a good team. As a matter of fact, they played number one Houston on the road to five points. Not a game that you probably want to be re-watching anytime soon. It was 49 to 44. If you love defense, well, there you go. If you love a lot of points being on the board, shield your eyes. But it's a Kent State team that is just rocks out all the way around. And I really like what Sincere Carey has been able to do for this team. He's been in college basketball for quite a while. And Forget the moniker of mid-majors. He is one of the best guards in all of college basketball. He's been able to give this Kent State team 18 and a half points, about four boards, five assists, shooting about 33% from three this season. Last year was a little bit higher, but he's got a pair of guys in Giovanni Santiago, along with Luke Jacobs between the two of them. They shoot between 36, 37% from three-point range. Santiago, a little bit more of a designated score at nine points per game, but Jacobs, he's able to fill it up. Three and a half boards, three and a half assists, 13 points per game, and then Sealed Ron Hornbeek is going to need to step up a little bit down low because for all of Drew Timmy's faults, he's still one of the best offensive big men in all of college basketball. Defense, yeah, probably not so much, but on offense, he's a very, very good player. Though he was limited to just nine points in the team's last game, and I was mentioning Hickman a little bit earlier. I think he had a goose egg in that game against Baylor, so he had a little bit of something to be desired there, but Hornbeek down low, he's able to give this team right around seven and a half points. He's able to haul in there. 
few rebounds per game. He's been able to do a rock-solid job there. And then you've been able to get a little bit of production out of someone like Jalen Sollinger as well. He's been able to shoot over 40% from three-point range for a Kent State team that they don't need a ton of offense because they rank in the top 20 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And for Gonzaga, it's really been the duo of Julian Strother and Rashir Bolton on the backcourt. They're combining for 26 points per game, and they're shooting at well from three. And these are good three-point shooters. They aren't going to continue to shoot a combined 45% from three-point range. That's just an absolute sizzler. That is going to be going down a little bit. I would like to see a little bit more as I'm liking Anton Watson. Nine points per game. He's able to give you right around two assists, two seals per game. It's not bad to say the least, but I do want to see just a little bit more out of him. Malachi Smith has been very hot and cold. He had a north of 20-point game when the team played against Portland State, and then he followed that up, I believe, with a goose egg as well. He has just been all over the place in terms of his production. He had 16 points in that game against Baylor, but to my point, a combined three points in the previous two games against Purdue. Xavier, Ben Gregg has been able to do some work for this Gonzaga team. Great name, by the way, on Gregg, but that said, I do think that you've got a Kent State team that's going to be able to hold in there. They do a nice job of generating turnovers. Gonzaga having a tough time taking care of the ball in the backcourt. I set my line closer to about a 13 and a half. So willing to take 15 to 15 and a half. That is my write-up. Somebody told 153 and a half. 154 starts to be my buy point on the under. 153 starts to be my buy point on the over. I'm going to be seeing how that shakes out overnight. Now let's see how Monday Night Football is going to be shaking out as it is the Saints and it is the Buccaneers. Pretty even split of three and three and a halfs in the market. If you like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you want to try to get a three. If you like the Saints, you want to try to get that three and a half. Total on this game, when I came on, it was between 40 and a half, and we were seeing mostly 41s. Now we're seeing some 41 and a halfs pop up, and all the better for me. I do like this total under. Myself and Megan were talking about it in the last segment. These are a pair of offenses that are leaving a lot to be desired. And with Tom Brady, he's 45 years old at this point. I do think that he's still going to be able to get up for some of these bigger games, but I mean, let's just call it what it is. He's a 45-year-old man. He's more limited than he was I mean, like two to three years ago. This is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team as well. Then they've been a bit shaky on the ground, though. If you're able to find a prop in the AM on Rashad White, if you're able to get a respectable number, like if you've got Leonard Fournette out of the fold and you're able to get him at like over 60 to 65 and a half rushing yards, somewhere in that neighborhood, I would be willing to personally go up to about even like a 70 myself. I do think that he's going to be able to go out there and have a big game. A combined 169 yards on 36 carries the last two weeks. He's really given the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a little bit of stability where stability has been pretty hard to come by. But you take a look at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team as well. They have broken the 22-point plateau once this year. I am not kidding. That game against Kansas City Chiefs, the only time in which they have exceeded 22 points this season. And for the New Orleans Saints, it's been a slog for them because Andy Dalton is your quarterback. I really don't need to go any further than that. But that said, that's going to cause for some issues. Now, Chris Olave has been able to do a very good job of being able to help him out in. Alvin Kamara is someone I do like. I know that Megan was talking about liking his rushing and receiving yards combined at 82 and a half. I personally am just diving in on the rushing yards. So I certainly do not hate that either. I do think that Alvin Kamara is going to need to come out and have a big game and a little bit of the fumbling problem last week. But I do think that he's going to be able to rein it and he's going to be able to help out the team. And Taysom Hill, to my surprise, has been averaging right around seven yards per carry. They utilize that guy in a wide variety of different ways. But 
I do think that for Andy Dalton, he's going to be able to keep things clean. He's going up against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary that doesn't have Antoine Winfield out there. And I noticed that with the Saints, they're looking to take the ball out of his hands. He's attempted 30 passes or fewer in each out of the last five weeks. They're trying to for lack of a better term, dumb things down a little bit more, keep things simple. And I think that that's going to cause for clean sheep and for Tom Brady, just been a case in which he's had two interceptions this year. But if you look at the balls that are just right in guys' hands, I still go back to that Ravens game a few weeks ago. He should have had like three interceptions in that game. It's been quite fortunate to only have two interceptions. I like Tom Brady to throw an interception in this game at minus 105 and no interceptions for Andy Dalton at plus money. I'm seeing right now plus 110 on that as well. I like Tom Brady under his passing touchdowns as quite frankly, I don't know if either team is going to be able to score multiple touchdowns in this game and you're able to get a relatively nice price on Tom Brady to throw under one and a half touchdowns. I know that Megan was liking under his passing yards. I didn't bet that personally. I might bet that when it's all said and done. I do not hate that either. I think that you're going to get a low-scoring slog. Keep in mind, last season when these two teams played in Tampa Bay, no touchdowns were scored in the game. So I do think that you're going to get a low-scoring slog like the under along with all those props. And I'm taking three and a half points with the Saints. And that leads us into our final pro tip. Beaston.com slash subscribe for all these. You're able to sort them by sport and by show and when things are relatively equal in terms of the rosters from previous matchups, along with the coaching regime itself, if you're able to add a little bit more value to past results, in my opinion, we have seen the Saints be very rock solid against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as long as Tom Brady has been the coach. If you're listening to me live, a Greg Peterson experience replay is coming up next. If you're listening to a replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, follow the money with Mitch Boss and Paul Howard comes your way right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Oh, yeah. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 